everyone. Welcome to Arts District, the podcast. My name is Sterling Shea, and I am recording live from my bunker because the coronavirus is among us. I just want to start by saying I know that this pandemic has taken something from everyone. Weddings, graduations, um, I personally lost my job one week ago. I had one show canceled and another show postponed. And I know almost everyone in this theater community that we are in lost whatever gig they were working on. Um, We're all experiencing a lot of loss. And I'm saying this because I don't want you to feel alone. We are alone in quarantine, but... We're alone together, right? Uh, On the bright side, I did two self-tape auditions. My dog is thrilled about me being home. Um, I found this gorgeous new trail that I can walk that's super close to my apartment. I didn't even know it was there. Um, And I watched all of the Star Wars movies for the first time ever. So um, please, please remind yourself of the good things, um, literally say them out loud if you have to, because there's a lot of good out there still. Okay, I will move on now because you guys are here to learn about social media and how it can help you as an actor or as a designer or as a theater company. So I want to start by just letting you know why I think I'm qualified to speak on this subject. Um, My day job is as a brand specialist, so I run social media and community relations for the company I work for. When I was in college, I did an independent study on social media marketing with the now director of development at that university, and... I take a refresher seminar every two years because social media changes a lot and I like to keep up and stay educated. So I would not claim to be an expert, but I feel really confident about what I know. And these rules that I'm about to give you can apply for an account for an acting troupe or a venue or your personal account that you're using to network and showcase your work. I also want to address why I think it is important to have a social media presence and why, when done correctly, it can be used in lieu of a website. So, at one point in my training, I was told it is super important to have a website because it legitimizes you as an artist, just in the same way it legitimizes a business. So after graduating, I spent hours and hours constructing the perfect website. I paid for the hosting service. I bought the domain name. And I'm embarrassed to say I spent like $500 on these two things. And it it was at a time I did not have that kind of money to be spending by any means. But Again, I heard the voices of my mentor saying, this is your career, you have to invest in it. So I charged it to my credit card and I did it. And I wish that I hadn't because flash forward to a few months later, 
I was taking an audition class with this really fabulous casting director in Orange County. So I had an opportunity to ask. I just said, hey, can you tell us your thoughts on websites? Uh, Where should I put it on my resume? Because I bought one and now I don't know what to do with it. And she goes, well, I don't really need a website from you because in an audition, you're in front of me. So if I need to see more from you, I'll either ask you to do another piece or have you submit an audition video. And you can imagine how foolish and frustrated I felt $500 deep into my my mistake. But that was just one person's opinion. So I went back and I asked the same question to my agent and I basically got the same answer, which was, If I want to see more from you, I will ask you for the link to your demo reel, which is usually on YouTube anyways. And listen, I've never had an industry professional ask me for my website, but guess who I'm friends with on Facebook? That casting director. Guess who follows me on Instagram? That artistic director that I auditioned for. So If I'm uploading my work and showcasing my projects on social media, guess who's seeing it? It's those people who are in a position to hire me, while my website, on the other hand, is just sitting dormant somewhere on the internet, getting no clicks. So here's the thing. If you really like the professionalism of a website and you're good for the money, go for it. But if you're broke or you're going to go into debt just to get a website, don't do it. Uh, Invest instead. Invest your time into treating social media as a platform to showcase your work. Social media can serve as your portfolio because those platforms like YouTube and Instagram and Facebook, they already exist and they are free for you to use. And don't feel like you need to invest in every single platform. You don't need to have a presence on Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and Twitter and TikTok. Um, do the platform that makes the most sense for you. Think about your ideal client and where they are. If you're a comedian, you should 1000% be on TikTok and utilizing it to write sketches and grow a following there. But a Lort theater company probably doesn't need to be on TikTok. And before we start, just know you do not need tons and tons of followers to make a difference. You do not need a professional editor or photographer or a business plan, your focus today is to lay the foundation. If you start sharing your joy and sharing your art today, then months or years from now when you start offering seminars or workshops or tickets, people are going to be on board. If you're posting about that piece you choreographed today, then that director is going to be warmed up to you when it's time to hire a choreographer later, right? Okay, here we go. When starting or revamping your social media presence, you want to ask yourself, what is my brand? Now, a brand 
is your voice plus your aesthetic. So when you're developing your brand, and as we go through this episode, think about these questions. Um, Ask yourself, who am I? Why me? Why do I exist? Or why does my company exist? And what makes me unique? Or what makes our improv troupe unique? We, of course, are all unique as individuals, but the product you're selling here is yourself as an artist. So what makes you unique as an artist? Why should I hire you to do this job? And there are several elements that contribute to your brand. That's your profile, your content, the voice coming across in your captions, and the actual look of your photos or your graphics. So let's begin with profile. As soon as I open your profile, boom, I should know who you are. There's a few ways to accomplish that. One is to get a business account and choose your title. Instagram will let you choose from actor, artist, performance venue, nonprofit. Um, Having a business account also helps you track numbers like profile visits, growth, the demographic of your audience, which can come in handy when you're planning out your content. So under your business title is a bio. Don't overthink this. Just use a shortened version of your mission statement, or if your brand is funny and lighthearted, put something funny there. Think about your voice and use it to let people know what they're getting into or what they're getting out of following you. You should also, this is really important, and a lot of people don't do this, you should also include where in the world you are. I have been on an account for a theater before, and I'm not sure if they're local or not, and I'm looking and I'm searching and I'm not finding that information, or I have to scroll for way too long to figure it out. And we as consumers have very short attention spans. So if that information is too hard to get to, I'm just going to move on. So same goes for actors. And If you're an actor who is available for local hire in another city or another country, include those places too. Beneath the bio is room for a link. Actors, use that to direct people to buy tickets to your show. It makes it quick and easy for people to buy from their phone. Um, Put the Eventbrite page there or the Facebook event page there. If you're not working on a project at the time, put a link to your YouTube channel or your actor's access profile so that people can go view your work. Also, if you are using the business profile feature, it's going to give you the option to add a contact button below the bio. So if you have a public email address, that is where it should go. Again, it is easier and quicker for people to click that and start drafting the email right away instead of putting the address from your bio and trying to get people to copy it or remember it or whatever. Again, consumers, short attention spans. We want it now and we want it quick, right? Great. So we have that first impression down. Now, let's talk about 
content. You should be posting three to five times a week, which seems like a lot. So this is the part where I say post with purpose, quality over quantity. Um, we at Arts District, we published we publish two episodes a month. So 20 posts a month doesn't make a lot of sense for us. There wouldn't be a lot of quality in there. So we average more like two or three posts a week. But the key here is consistency. If you go MIA for three months, you're going to lose your audience. So have a plan for the slow seasons too. Secondly, I want you to alternate your content. If you are a costumer, you don't want your entire feed to be dozens and dozens of sketches or mock-ups. So alternate with a sketch you drew, a working photo of yourself sewing or distressing, and then a production photo of your final product on stage. And now look, your social media has become this mobile portfolio for your work. Okay. When you are crafting captions, I have found that meaningful story-based captions or leading questions get more engagement. So instead of saying, happy Friday, I'm going to say, happy Friday, what shows are you seeing this weekend? That way I'm learning about my audience and engaging with them and I'm furthering that relationship, which if I haven't mentioned yet, that is the goal here. It's relationships. Also, when I say the word content, I'm of course referring to photos. So even if your platform of choice is Facebook, always, always try to attach an image or a video to your post because a large body of black and white text or even a link gets lost in the shuffle while people are scrolling. So let's do a quick, basic photography 101 review. Um, you don't have to have a professional grade camera to have good content, but you can control other elements that make a great photo that people are more likely to respond to. So number one, vertical over horizontal. So think about your phone. It's a rectangle. Most people are consuming social media on their phones, so a vertical photo is a better fit for those screens. Um, number two, don't overuse filters. If you do use a filter from Instagram, like directly from the app, tone it down to like 15% or so. Number three, natural light is way better than flash. Stand in front of that window to take that picture. Use the natural light. And four, pick a color scheme or feel or vibe to carry throughout your content. Now, this is really tricky and it takes a lot of work, but let me give you an example. Um, if you are a Disney blogger, I expect you to use bright blues and bright pinks and have a lot of content with sparkly and you know when you think of a Disney blogger it's just got that aesthetic throughout the whole page um, a great example of someone who has really nailed their aesthetic is this Dallas-based artist named Allie K Design 
Her handle, if you want to see what I'm talking about, is at Allie, A-L-L-I-K, design. Her entire feed is monochromatic. So it is like 99% black and white. And it represents her work as an artist because all of her art is done in black and white. So when you see her Instagram, you immediately know something about her and about her work. She really nails it. That's a good example that you guys should check out. All right, so all of these elements combined, your photos, graphics, content, captions, bio, that makes your brand or your unique voice. So now that your profile looks great, let's move on to growth and how to reach the audience that you want. Starting with hashtags. Hashtags can be a great tool if you are using them correctly. First, I'll say you should be putting them in the comments. Um, It just looks a little cleaner when you can tuck them away into the comments rather than below the caption. And a hashtag does still work if it's in the comments. So when you use a hashtag, the goal is not likes, it's engagement. So hashtag theater does nothing. I'm actually going to pull up my phone right now and look up the hashtag theater. It has 13.3 million posts. So your post is going to get lost in the sea of others. But if you use hashtag DFW theater, although you're reaching a smaller audience, that hashtag is more likely to be seen by someone in your community who can give you your next job or buy a ticket to your next thing, right? All right, let's move on to geotagging. That is just a fancy word for when you include your location in your post. You should always tag your location and it should be specific. So instead of tagging yourself in Dallas, Texas, again, you're going to get lost in that sea of people. Tag yourself at the cute local coffee shop you're hanging out at. You know, be specific. The other way to grow your following is by commenting on and liking other pages. So set a timer for 20 minutes every day and hang out on the app. Commit that time to saying hello and being a lobbyist for yourself or for your company. Following hashtags, you can follow hashtags the same way you follow accounts. That's a really easy way to interact with similar accounts and meet people in your industry. So again, that the point here is to take this relationship offline. So establishing a good online presence can project you into a relationship in real life. So a quick and fun way to gain a following is to host a giveaway. Um, Giveaways are usually done by companies or businesses or influencers, but I've seen people with like 1,100 followers do giveaways, so everyone loves a giveaway. 
it's something that can be out of pocket or you can partner with another business. So for example, if you're an artistic director and your giveaway is, hey, follow us and tag a friend to be entered to win a $150 gift card to this local wine bar. Now you can approach that wine bar and say, we will give your entire staff two free tickets in exchange for a gift card or whatever an equivalent value is. Um, But be strategic about partnerships. Don't partner with the wine bar that's 45 minutes away from the theater. Partner with the place next door so that your winner can go out for pre-show drinks, right? Also, it's important to have a plan post-giveaway after you announce a winner because you don't want to lose all of those followers you got. Because who else besides me is guilty of unfollowing an account after you didn't win the thing? So follow up with a great post or another promotion that's going to secure all of those new followers that you got. Okay, the other thing I want you to do is to use Instagram stories. I think when stories first came about, we were a little skeptical of them or annoyed by them. But now they're my favorite thing. Like I see people's stories way more than I see what's on their timeline. But use your stories to take people behind the scenes, do a takeover. Um, It's a really easy way to show your personality. Um, I love to use it as a way to interact with my audience. So you can take polls, you can get recommendations, you can crowdsource, make announcements with people, direct people to your website. Anytime I'm going into an interview, I crowdsource the questions that I'm going to ask from the actual listeners via Instagram stories. That leads to all of the listeners getting content that they asked for. So it's a win-win. And one of the things that I got asked when I announced that I was going to do this episode was the swipe up feature. They said, how do you get the swipe up feature on your stories? You actually need 10,000 followers in able to um, have that ability. So... Uh, keep working and keep growing and then you'll get that swipe up feature. Okay, highlights is another way to quickly establish why you exist and what is important to you. So you can use your highlights for past shows or projects and keep production photos or behind the scenes photos there. You know, have a bubble for singing, have a bubble for an instrument you play, have a bubble for a movement piece you did. You Use it as an extension of your resume. Okay, that was a lot of information. So before we're done, I want to make sure we also cover what not to do. And it's just three things. Number one, do not buy fake followers. It's really obvious when you do. So it is possible to buy your way into tens of thousands of followers. But what is important is engagement. So if you have 10,000 followers and you are only averaging about 12 likes and zero comments per post, it looks really bad. 
And if you ever do get an opportunity to partner with a business, they are going to ask for your engagement statistics, not your follower count, okay? The other thing you should avoid is what's called Instagram pods. So an Instagram pod is 10 to 20 accounts that choose to join together and promote each other's account. So basically they commit to liking or commenting when the post goes live as a way to try to beat the algorithm. And it sounds really good, but here's the issue. What Instagram thinks is happening is that you just really like the content, like the pod that you're in, so it's going to show you more content like that. What it's not going to do is get you in front of your dream client or someone that can hire you. So ultimately, it's ineffective. So number three, the follow-unfollow game. It's just icky. It's people who follow any number of accounts, and as soon as they get you to follow them back, they unfollow you. So... If you do that, you are tricking people into thinking they have a connection with you only to leave them in the dust just to increase your number of followers. So here is the part where after I have told you all of the rules, I have to admit I don't always follow these rules. My personal account is not a business account. It used to be and I became super obsessed with the numbers and who was looking at me, and I just needed to take a break and enjoy my account as a fun extension of myself. But the Instagram for the podcast or the accounts that I run for other businesses, those I closely watch the numbers so I can see what's working and what people are responding to. And as I said earlier, we don't post five times a week. We post the amount that makes sense for us. There are other accounts that I run where I'm posting eight to ten times a week because we have a lot of promotions and events at that company. So do what is right for you. Um, That was a really, really deep dive. I don't want you to feel overwhelmed, but I feel like we could go even deeper and talk about scheduling apps and how to take great photos and editing and design and planning a grid. So if you have more questions, email us or DM us. And as always, I am going to tell you to do the things that every podcast tells you to do, which is rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends about us. Um, It really, really helps us get seen and make our community more awesome. And it would mean a lot to me. (laughs) So thank you guys so much for listening. Again, let me know if you have questions. Uh, Stay inside and let's flatten this curve together. Okay, bye. Bye.